say uh, hello and welcome to the Holy Hour podcast, the All Cure bi-weekly podcast. And uh, tonight, I'm very happy to say I got Coulter and Chaz here to join me to talk Mint Car with you guys. How you doing? Doing good. All right, doing man. Doing good. Cool deal. Thanks uh, for joining us too, Chaz. You doing all right? I'm doing all right. I'm going to try to do my best Robert, like, little Michael Jackson kind of kind of thing that he does during the <laughs> during every single part of the song. Yeah, so, there's a lot of little yeah. yelps all over this. <laughs> Is that what you would call it? A little yeah, little squeaks and yeah, there's a lot of them. So uh, he, he must. It was heard. like a giant soundboard of all his <laughs> little quirks that they put in and just pressed it. Totally, so, and I love it <laughs> for sure. So yeah, thanks. Uh, for joining us out there too, um, Mint Car, very controversial Cure song. So uh, I hope everybody uh, is ready for the ride. And uh, you know, we, we haven't talked singles in a while, so I figured this would be a good one uh, to have everybody on board. We're kind of leaning on the 25th anniversary of Wild Mood Swings, still technically going on. Although I feel like that's getting more focused than the 40th of Faith. But I guess there's only so much you can really talk about with faith because it's such a (laughs) heavy album that it's all like let's keep celebrating faith you know everyone's like let's (laughs) and and faith has also been reissued a billion times yeah and uh wild mood swings this is the first time yeah we're getting any kind of rehashed love and refocus and reminiscing of wild mood swings so uh yeah but first off thanks to you guys for making it work since we are stretching time zones and and uh technically recording this over labor day weekend and all so i really appreciate guys being flexible as always so thanks no problem. man no problem <laughs> but uh so yeah mint car should we dive on in Let's hop on in. Hop on in. Get this car rolling. There you go. (laughs) All right. Cool. Well, you know, it was the second single on Wild Mood Swings. Uh, Officially came out in June 96. The album had come out in May, so shortly after that. Um, I figured instead of, usually we kind of tack these things on at the end, but we'll flip it this time. And we did throw out, you know, asking for any uh, listener thoughts on Instagram. And we got a couple that kind of covered it. And summed it up too, so I thought I'd read them to you guys to kick it <laughs> off here. So, so, as I said, this is a song that's pretty, uh, I don't know, split among Cure fans, I think is one way to put it, where people either love it, they're cool with it, you know, or just absolutely hate it, you know. It seems like a lot of extreme emotions, though. So, um, so let's see. Uh, first off, we got uh, Road Glorp Chris out there um, said, I started wearing loud, oversized sports jerseys after this video and still keep a few on call when I'm feeling minty. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this... If I recall, don't blame or... Robert Smith for that. You gotta right. blame Kevin or Kevin Smith for that. Yeah, don't, don't... <laughs> wrong Smith, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's a connection there? Is it a uh, is Robert Smith a Kevin Smith fan at this stage? You think? I think he probably liked the early work. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I'm one way or the other. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. So been... yeah, but yeah, that's just the classic. Uh, you know, you're getting 
chubby and you want to <laughs> hide your fat. So hey, just put some layers well, on there, you know. So. But everybody knows when you go in the swimming pool with the t-shirt on that it just it just looks worse. So true. Um, yeah. <laughs> Swimming Speaking in a hockey jersey, man. though. I don't know. Does yeah. anybody go swimming in a hockey jersey? <laughs> a little heavy. I, I own many a hockey jersey, <laughs> and uh, I've never tried to swim in one. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, this may have been in the first. I was trying to think back to Wild Mood Swings. Um, the first time we saw, aside from maybe press photos that just came, because the 13th video, he wasn't wearing any of the mm. hockey jersey, but it would pretty much become the uniform for the whole tour and everything. So this might have been the first glimpse um in the mint car video which we'll talk about in more detail later but um and even not much in that it's just during the bridge where you see him in his full hockey glory maybe for the first time so yeah <laughs> which just which is like a really f- weird i mean i guess if you're going on tour around stadiums it's not but like you would think he would be a football thing. Like, I don't imagine that Robert's ever seen a hockey game. Yeah. It's a little odd. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he did change it up to, like, a, a basketball one or something on a couple. Oh even though or, or it was, like, a basketball God. team on a hockey jersey kind of thing. Um, maybe there wasn't a hockey team for that in a city or something. But, uh yeah, who I knows? would love to see Robert in just a <laughs> basketball jersey. True, <laughs> nothing under it, you know. Yeah, nothing under yeah. it. Just oversized, <laughs> like, like you can see down his when he lifts up his arm, you can see like all the way down to his ribs. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but we armpits. We won't get bogged down on the jersey talk too long. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go all episode on that one. But uh, um, then we had Tyler out there. Uh, he said, "Yeah, let's do it." Um, I'm not sure if that meant like a collective like team. Yes, let's talk about Mick Carr, or if he wanted me to call him up. Um, so apologies if that was the because <laughs> I know our buddy Antonio was like, "You gotta talk to me about this." I'm like, "Well, uh, we got this whole thing set, but I'll, I'll try to call you." So if uh, if I don't fit it in, Antonio, apologies. We'll, we'll bring it up next time we talk. Um, John in the UK said, "I hate it. Utter garbage. Easily their worst song. Worse than Freak Show." <laughs> so damn. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> so so there's some of that uh, extreme hate that I was uh talking about there, but not sure I'd totally agree by any means. I, I'm quite fond of this song actually, but uh I could see I don't know, worse than freak show? That's a bold statement. I don't even know if freak show is the worst song. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's, it's like a it's, no. it's yeah, mint car's nowhere near Yeah. I think like, like the bottom maybe it's like not counting some of those ones like the promise and scream and stuff of those later ones that are just like gotta be the worst but that's a whole other yeah episode I, I think <laughs> i think that's just like a clear break from people that don't like poppy cure which yeah is like, john's yeah. a cool guy yeah, you know, yeah. He, he's always you know, said he's, he's not show. not into the super poppy cure so this makes sense and then yeah, uh so, craft yeah. theory says uh it's a nice summery pop song with an excellent video. However, I was surprised that Robert Smith rated it so highly in the recent DEK interview. I don't think it could have been another Friday I'm in Love because of the lyrics. So that's something we'll touch on later with its success and stuff when it did come out. But uh, I kind of agree with that, you know, that it's uh, a fun summery song for sure. And um yeah, surprised that he is still kind of supporting it and <laughs> like still praising it, you know, a bit more and still sticking by the the fairly common phrase that we've heard him say a bunch of times that he thinks it's a better pop song than Friday I'm in Love. 
So, not sure. Coulter, as somebody living in perpetual heat, is this the per- perfect uh, summer song? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. As the yeah, cure I, goes. As the cure goes. Well, yeah. I mean, Burn's got to be probably number one. Hot, hot, hot. No, hot, hot, hot. That's got to be number one. Yeah. Yeah. Top 10, top 10 heat songs. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely have a lot of uh, summery infatuation with it you know and like driving around early spring more maybe you yeah know, i would summer, say spring yeah, kind this of is a... more of a spring song for me yeah like, i would agree with that yeah yeah putting the windows down totally putting it on yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so those are some common thoughts out there as we segue into our initial opinions i guess that's a good segue then so where do we stand on this guys as uh our representatives of the song for this episode, are you guys thumbs up, thumbs down, and how harshly in each direction? What do you say, Coulter, as our guest of honor? Well, I, uh, you know, I got into the cure, I think, in 2007, so I wasn't like you guys in the sense where, like, you know, you were there when Disintegration came out and then Wish, and this was like, you know, you might have had a certain expectation and this came out. I kind of was all over the place. I had mm-hmm. everything at my disposal, but I really liked Wild Mood Swings. I went through different phases, but um, I yeah. liked that this... I mean, the album, I know we're not talking the album as a whole, but I just think it was very diverse. So there might be some stuff you like initially and some stuff you don't. Mm-hmm. To be honest, when I first got into this album, I pretty much just skipped to the last two tracks because I really liked the yeah. acoustic yeah. laid back album. But um, this song, as I started to get into more of the pop stuff, I, I really liked this song. Yeah. And uh, my friend who got me into The Cure at his, uh, his wedding, I did the music for it, and he played, he had me play this song, um, you know, as they were, like, after the ceremony, and they were walking back, and uh, I ended up doing the same thing, I liked the idea, and I nice. did the same thing, I, I, I felt like it was, you know, just like the, like the video, or like the concept, or Simon says, it's kind of like, you know, a new car, it's something new, Yeah, so, I like that about it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun song. And I don't know. I like it. I like it more than Friday I'm in Love. Maybe because it's it got less play. Yeah. Um. And it has been covered less. But <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, I don't sure. know who. Y- yeah. I I don't think that uh you know 311 is gonna cover this song anytime soon. Yeah. But you know it's <laughs> what yeah yeah. But you know, uh, having kids, this is like one of the Cure songs that you can like get your kids into yeah uh, into the band with because you know you're not going to put on you know well let's listen to the drowning man and uh, right. you know, the bond uh, you know so yeah. they're not going to be into that so this is a perfect song along with like hot 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 or you know uh why can't i be you and all the other pop pop magics so, yeah um yeah i would this is this is one of I've never I can't be in a bad mood listening to this song, like I can be in a bad mood and listen to Just Like Heaven, right? And you know some of the other songs that that have that mix of of dark lyrics but poppy music, but this is one that like it gets you know kind of wakes me up. Yeah, so, yeah. That was kind of an initial thought I jotted down. It bleeds into yeah, I'm pretty much agreeing with both you guys that it's just such a fun song, and you know it is definitely more disposable in the cure, you know, scheme of darkness or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, it's just a fun song. Put it on, have a good time, and but like yeah. that idea that um, you know, there isn't really any ambiguity in his lyrics, or there's none of that great. Even Friday I'm in Love, he's like 
kind of miserable every other day of the week yeah. except for Friday, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like there's a, all of that. Just like Evan, like you said, sometimes it's the funnest song in the world, but other times you can feel bummed out when you listen to it. And, uh, yeah. This one, pretty much, do you think this is the purest happy cure song then? Uh, I don't know what. I guess like maybe thought, Love Cats. True. Yeah. But I don't. With humans, do you think though? <laughs> as, far as, as far as humans go I thought like Halo might be a contender And like uh, you know, Doing that's the pretty, Unstuck Doing the Unstuck, yeah I mean both those Giggle still, Biscuit true. <laughs> Giggle right. Biscuit I would probably say yeah Yeah, probably Probably top three Top three or top yeah. five Yeah Because usually the Halo I like stuff, it when you mention Yeah throw a few little weird wrenches in there that you still could take it a few different ways even like we said with love song you know it's like is he being sarcastic <laughs> you yeah. know you could almost he just sounds a little sad still i don't know but like it's like i don't know if there's any irony in this at all i mean i think he's full on just blissed out bob on this one so it's yeah a, <laughs> yeah so, so maybe that's the, yeah. the the reason why people I, I, could have a problem with it too but I was, yeah i was just gonna say that i think people don't like the idea of a happy, like, giggly Robert Smith, and or they don't have that in their mind of yeah. him, and mm-hmm. like this kind of like this is, you know, full on giggle biscuit. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, so. <laughs> totally cool. Um, well, yeah, maybe before we dive into more just uh, personal opinions and feelings towards little aspects of the song, some of the background on it, too. Just uh, Most of it we've heard a bunch of times, so we'll kind of breeze, breeze through it there. But um, uh, also a lot of it was reassured in the recent DEK magazine, like we said. It was a Simon baseline that kind of brought this in, which makes sense because it's a super rad yeah. baseline. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> That's the saddest part of the episode there, guys. <laughs> this is a Simon baseline. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's cool that it is like a fairly straightforward pop song, but that baseline is uniquely cure and does feel, you know, like that wouldn't be what your average pop band would throw down as a baseline, you know, for a song like this if you recorded it. So, pretty interesting um so yeah i don't know there's a lot of uh demos floating around out there too um i have three um i don't know what's gonna come out on this official oh, wow. okay. reissue in 2048 when that comes out or whatever <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh the three i had i don't know if you guys have stumbled across these at any point there um they all sound super crappy quality so i've got just versions from wherever you know but um the first one I have, uh, it's just like a minute 30. It's like instrumental, no vocals. It's all electric, uh, which will be kind of an ongoing struggle and debate, I think, in the band as they recorded this and mixed it a billion times of whether yeah. mostly the um, the rhythm guitar, whether to use an electric or an acoustic. So most of these, it's all electric still. In the early phases, it's choppier. Um, so, um, so that's just the first little minute 30 snippet. Then there's one called the first pass. Uh, demo that one pretty much sounds the same i thought um again an electric rhythm the lead part was different though didn't really have the sliding had like a different little riff they were doing uh, but it still had harmonies and stuff um and then the third I one have the 
Uh-huh. I have the demo '96 off the the Blood Sessions bootleg. Is okay. that is that one of them? I think that's what I. It's just called demo version. The one I had, and I think okay. that was in that. Yeah, it's and three that, minutes and twenty nine seconds. Okay. Yeah, I think that was this one too. It was um, okay. Just kind of. It sounded more like a more layered version of that first shorter one where it had the electric, but it was choppier. So yeah. a little, little choppier maybe with a different lead part, but it did have vocals that sounded pretty right on, you know, with all the different harmonies and stuff. So they might have kept, you know, just different stuff they're building on and just pulling stuff in and out of, mm-hmm. which would make sense while they're recording it. And just hearing everything again about like the recording process of everything with Wild Mode Swings, it sounded like they would just get the drum down or something, you know, and uh, just keep piling shit in and then taking stuff out and pile it back up. <laughs> so there's like, hence there's 500 mixes of every song <laughs> on this album. But, uh, um, so yeah, nothing drastically different though from each one. So I think it had a pretty clear vision from the start compared to a lot of Wild Mood Swing songs too, where they kind of knew where they were going with this one. Um, we're uh-huh. Are you a fan of the uh, the acoustic version on uh, uh, acoustic hits? Uh, nah, I don't think it works. Really? really. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of. Eh. I like it. Acoustic, it didn't really. I think because you can't really do that guitar part. I think that's a huge part of it for me. I do like the sliding lead part. That's you know yeah. all the different yeah. leads and the solo and stuff, and it doesn't work quite as good on acoustic stuff. So, so there might I, be something to that. I think it 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 could be a a great point for like a folk punk band to make a version of it yeah so just building off of that so yeah I, I i can hear it in there and i like it so yeah yeah, yeah. i wasn't a fan of everything on that acoustic album i i, de- I did yeah like that one yeah i mean it's so. all still fun to hear but uh yeah you know it wasn't really the ones i'd take it over or think it could compete with the other one by any means <laughs> <laughs> um but on the recording, it's that Mark Price guy um, that we talked about. He did the drums for Trap and Treasure, too. Yep. So uh, pretty solid ones that he did all of them on. Um, so it's kind of cool. And the Yelps are all in there. Like we said, it, has some, it starts Ow. out with the, yeah, one of some some of his best, I think, work on the, <laughs> on the making squeaky <laughs> noises, I think. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Uh, so the chart stuff was interesting, though, when it finally did get released, uh, going back to that idea of it not doing very great. Uh, it peaked yeah. at 31 on the UK charts, uh, 58 in the US, and Iceland, mm-hmm. it did make it to number three. So it did great in Iceland, <laughs> which take that however you want, I guess. But <laughs> Bjork um, wasn't a, didn't have a new song that month. Nah, or, I know. guess they needed the <laughs> good fun summary song in Iceland. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, his quote, you know, like you said, he said it a bunch of different ways and times. But he said it was the single on the album. I thought it was a better song than Friday, but. But it did absolutely nothing because we weren't the band at the time. The timing just wasn't right. It taught me that sometimes there's a tipping point, and if you're the band, then you're the band, even if you don't want to be, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so, so it's kind of a weird wording of it, but at the same time, I kind of get what he's saying. We're Friday, because they had, you know, songs like Just Like Heaven and stuff that didn't really blow up the charts, you know? It was yeah. just like Friday, I'm in Love was like the perfect storm of having a catchy accessible pop song that everybody could get behind but at the same time 
it was on that album, you know, that everybody was paying attention to. So it makes sense, yeah. you know, but like by this point, I don't know if it really is a knock on the song that it didn't chart higher because nobody, it could have been any band and you know what I mean? If it, it, that timing of where the band was and their popularity and all that stuff. Cause they get into a lot of the argument of how it should have been the first single, but I don't even know if that would have helped by that point, you know? So what do you guys think? I, I think if you're, Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make two arguments based on the musical landscape of the time mm-hmm. and how everything had shifted since 92. Um, but you could also make an argument that the album itself didn't have the backing songs to be able to make that song possible. Right. Um, you know, you didn't have, you know, all the stuff that, you know, letter release and all the, you know, all the other high and all the other songs on, on wish. Um, you know, which besides Wendy time, I think it's pretty much a perfect album. Right. And, you know, you you don't have that to fall on with with Mint Car. So, you know, you can't slip that pop song in there if you if your other singles are aren't or aren't anywhere near what they should right. be, you know. So you, know, you can't slide in Mint Car when Gone is is one of your singles, you know. Yeah, and coming so. after the thirteenth, where everybody was like, yeah. "Whoa, what the hell is that?" You know, <laughs> it's like, "Hey, we got this. Remember us? We're the Friday of a Love Band." It's like, nah, the ship might have sailed, but uh, but I mean, it, we're looking at that now. But like, Coulter as a as a fan that like a newer fan, yeah. How does how does that fit in? to like the love of a band because you don't have the the constraints of time that were going on back then like musical wise so like where does that fall for you like does it matter i don't think it necessarily matters but like kind of like what you said i didn't have like this is just it at the time and this is what you're given i could go back and go okay i want to get into the acoustic stuff now or i want to get into the yeah more depressing and definitely like at first like i said it was more of the acoustic mellow and then disintegration followed and it was hard to get anything else after that but i think you know once i really decided okay i want to be into the pop songs now i had this at my disposal it wasn't like i was limited with you know this is what it is yeah 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 there's a certain benefit now compared to you know back then when you're i can only imagine you gavin waiting four years for this album to come out (laughs) (laughs) and it's weird because because yeah a lot of that blame gets thrown on the brit pop thing the fact that took them four years to put it out but i mean there was shit in between even though it felt like an eternity as a cure fan waiting but you know you had like show in paris and then you had other stuff the burn sing you know the crow soundtrack it was definitely enough nuggets to keep cure fans going you know and it was kind of like yeah. and even the 13th as weird as it was i knew by that point he was pretty prone to do that you know so i'm like well whatever i'm not gonna judge the whole album on the 13th i didn't think the whole thing was gonna sound like that you know and and even Britpop, you know, it's not, I mean, it's different, but it's not drastically different than Mint Car. It's not like they had, you know, had put out like a super dark song it would almost be weirder, I think, because everything with Britpop yeah. was so fun and stuff. If they'd put out like some super depressing song, it would have been more of like a sore thumb kind of thing sticking out, you know, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like the song did just get, I mean, it got the usual airplay too, like 120 minutes and they would play it, you know, on whatever late night, but it wasn't like yeah. the breakthrough like, mainstream that they got with Friday in Love, you know, so it was. I hear it on the radio at work and in the car, you know, so yeah. it's, it's still, it's playing in Ikea or Target, you know, so yeah. it's. It's still in the rotation. Um, it's not a forgotten song. Yeah. And you'll you'll never hear, you know, the 13th are gone anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, that would be a trip, wouldn't it? If you, you <laughs> fucking walk like, into Ikea and you're shopping and the 13th comes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I kind of feel like, too, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Like, they've had such a taste of success and everything with Friday Men Love, so they're comparing it to that. You know, but like, like I said, with just like heaven only made it to 29 on the pop charts. I mean, this wasn't that far off 31, you know I mean? It wasn't, it's just kind of like he said, I think he did kind of nail it where it just wasn't the timing for that, you know, while it was the success for lullaby and love song and everything was perfect for the timing, you know, but I don't know. You can't totally blame Britpop, I think, <laughs> but it's an easy out that everything had just drastically changed and moved on. But uh, who knows? I, yeah, I I think in just like the American music scene, everything had had yeah completely gone on its head uh, from from the early '90s to you know '96, and you know yeah more grunge, a, right? Like things started to just shift. Completely. Grunge and punk was pretty much gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know and uh boy bands were on the rise and you know you you had uh you know single acts like you know Britney Spears was you know was coming was coming up and you had you had less gangster rap going on and more of you know mm-hmm. uh show you know bling and you know party and everything like that and rather than you know the gangster stuff that was going on so it was a completely different world kurt cobain had been is dead you know it's just it's it's not the time that that they should have come up uh with a depressing album but i think it would have worked better for them in the long run yeah so um which is kind of the irony of that too where the cure probably would have done better if they put out like a super because yeah a lot of that late 90s shit was like over dramatic super serious you know or it's like they probably would have done better putting out like blood flowers then as opposed Mm -hmm. to you know that now they're like no this is our fun album (laughs) everyone's like what (laughs) so much yellow (laughs) and like we had gone over the album we'd beaten it to death but like we you and i and I assume Coulter are all fans of that album, um, yeah. through even with all its flaws. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm a huge fan of the artwork. Like I think it's it's definitely one of my favorite albums when it comes to the artwork that was put into it. Um, yeah. And uh, they used a lot of pictures instead of you know actual pictures instead of drawings or anything, which was different yeah. for them. And, you know, the sound was overproduced and, too, you know, too much. Yeah. There's a lot of flaws in it, but we we all love it. So yeah. yeah, well, that's a good segue into the idea of the mixing and versions of it and shit. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's a whole debacle <laughs> of Wild Mood Swings in itself. But like uh, one of the core things worth noting for specific to Mick Carr is that uh, Paul Corkett did the final mix on that one. 
uh, the backstory, if anybody isn't familiar, that they basically ran out of time, so they outsourced the, all the mixes of all the songs on the album to as many people as possible, pretty much. And so every song got like multiple mixes, and they kind of pick and choose which ones worked at best. But um, he really loved the Mick Carr one from Paul Corkett uh, so much that he that's that's what lands him the gig to do the producing job on blood flowers next so (laughs) so which is a little weird that like you you love him for doing this pop song and that he's gonna do this super dark album for you so maybe there's some conflict there and how that worked but uh you know good on him for winning the job with a good mix so um and with the single like i said you get you know, this is what drove Donald and I crazy back in the day. We're like, well, what the hell's all these like remixes that aren't remixes on it and stuff? Because we'd all been through the remix stuff with mixed up so much yeah. that um, these were just kind of alt mixes. And later years, finding out that it was it had this whole where you were just getting different mixes from everybody. So this was a way to just kind of include ones they liked. I think as B sides gets super ridiculous by the time like Gone comes out and stuff or. <laughs> Coulter and I were messaging about like what the hell is going on with those mixes like half of them sound like video game like 8-bit versions and shit and they're just like are you even trying what is this (laughs) so not sure what they're going with with, for most of those but um but I guess focusing on the mint car ones it's the buskers mix and the electric mix were the two main ones on that and the the buskers one is basically uh swapping out all for acoustic guitars going back kind of like what you're saying of the greatest hits one it almost sounds like a studio version of what they do later on the greatest hits disc Mm -hmm. but that's just like them playing live more like unplugged style this is like full-on studio version but with acoustics and um i like yeah i don't know i don't like it i think it because they cut out the lead part there's like no bass like <laughs> like i didn't even catch that when culture you said that he was like where'd the bass go that's the betrayal that's what drives the song right that's what, yeah. it's all based around that yeah, yeah so i was just like yeah that's why it sounds so thin and awful i was just like yeah it just sounds like uh like almost if anything they should have just cut everything and just have him do it just the or just an acoustic Robert song, which would be no, super yeah, yeah. weird. Like they've never done that, you know. But that would just be so drastically weird that that'd be kind of cool to just have him like solo acoustic at the coffee shop with it, you know, play it like that, you know. Even if it's a studio version, but this had all the other stuff in there still, and it just I don't know, wasn't a fan of that one. But uh, and then the electric one's pretty much the same, but they swap out the rhythm guitar with a full-on electric. Uh, kind of going for that choppier feel of like some of those demos were and stuff, I think. But uh, I don't know. Did you guys check those out or have any strong feelings one way or the other? I didn't think they were that. I mean, neither of them is really great. Neither of them is terrible to me, but I didn't think they were that different. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you really like it's just It's got something different to it that is worth going to that instead of the original. It has to wear these. Yeah. I'd much rather just hear the original. Yeah. Yeah. Very few songs I've listened to that have been remixed like uh, I've gone hey that's as cl- that's as good as the original or better like, right. it's, I, I think it's maybe happened maybe once or twice but right. uh, you know it's it's okay but like it just kind of represents the, the the biggest flaw of this album of just having too many hands yeah uh, in, in the cookie jar at once you know Oh, yeah, the electric mix, too, I felt like did have, like, some other, like, I'm not too ever big on 
picking apart things, but I felt like they fucked with the snare too much on the electric one, where it did sound more like uh, segueing a bit into like the B-sides were wa- uh, waiting in uh, Pink Dream and uh, mm-hmm. and Home, right, on one of them. So, and Home I always love, but like the, the great snare song. drives me crazy. But yeah, it's just the tone of it. And there's a few other songs on Wild Mid Swings. It was just this kind of 90s snare hit production that just kind of like eh, but that's just <laughs> nitpicky for me you know <laughs> but, but i felt like it was weird because in that version of the electric mix i felt like they kind of fucked with the snare a bit too much on that one so like everything else felt a little sloppier too so i think we get the best mix possible on the one that's on the album so no surprises there i guess <laughs> um this dude David on a Facebook page, uh, he posted a video I hadn't seen. It was a UK MTV Most Wanted clip, um, and okay. it was from '95, so it's before. Because this was one of three that they had actually played at a few festivals and stuff before Wild Mood Swings came mm. out, and um, this was them playing on on his show. It's that VJ guy that they've that he's buddies with and there's a lot of clips of him on there. I forget the guy's um, name, yeah. but, um, so yeah, it was like them doing mint car on there before it came out. And, uh, it's the only one I've ever seen where Perry's playing the electric. So they were still going with the electric idea, I think on that. So, and you can kind of totally hear that vibe to it. And it's crazy what a difference that makes. Cause it just doesn't have like that kind of cool acoustic rhythm guitar behind the lead part. That's in electric and everything too. So yeah, uh, it's worth checking out. We'll link to that on the Facebook page, but it's a good one because it has kind of that early, like, energy too. If you can tell of a song before it's officially come out, too. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good live version. So, um, Did it have a different name? Because I know sometimes when they play a song like before the album comes yeah. out, they'll have a, like a working title. Um, I don't know if they even say what the name of it is. Like in the recording, he just says, okay. "And now the cure," and they just play it. I think. <laughs> um, I'll have to double check that, but yeah, I don't think they called it anything. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty weird. Um, maybe that's a good. I always hated when bands <laughs> came up on stage and played a new song but didn't say anything about it. Yeah, they yeah. didn't say what it was. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of like, did they ever announce when they did you know 2016 and they did it can never be the same or step into the light? Did they say anything or they just played it? I think they just played it. Um, he he, he said new song a couple times, or he would make a joke yeah. that it's new, but as in yeah. hasn't been recorded. Actually, I think when I, I saw him in San Diego, and I'm pretty sure like they just went into it, but me, like I, you know, on the Facebook groups, people had posted about it, so I kind of knew it was going to happen, but otherwise, yeah. people are probably like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess based off the car name and everything, uh, going into what what the hell they're going for with the title there. I was like, Oh, it's always kind of fun to look up what people speculate the meanings and stuff. Even though this song's about as straightforward as it gets, you, you know, you can still always pick apart the song meanings and stuff. But, um, uh, urban dictionary actually has a entry for mint oh, car. <laughs> and I was just like, what is like a thing, but it sounds like it's based off of the Where song. do you put what and when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they said a desirable event that has taken place, a pleasant period of time that seems unreal based on a cure song. So they're just kind of coming up with this based off of the cure song, I guess. And it's like example. <laughs> I worry that the week I spent with you was a total mint car and means nothing anymore. So like I don't think anybody's actually just said it as like slang, have you? 
heard anything yeah, about that? Yeah, that's what all the kids say nowadays. Yeah, is like, that it? Because that was a big thing in 90, 95. Yo, that's Mint Car, bro. <laughs> totally so yeah i don't think that one took off maybe they wanted it to be that way like the hit but uh <laughs> this is so mint car dude but uh <laughs> um so yeah uh, i had a friend speculate he was like that's totally about losing your virginity right and i was just like yeah i was like well yeah maybe i guess if you take maybe. like the pervy bob approach which is we've proven is a very valid perspective on a lot of his lyrics <laughs> so there is something to that or it could be like a um losing your virginity in a like very positive way i guess it doesn't seem like most most people do. maybe it's just me usually people have a more of a negative approach to that that magical moment but um i yeah. guess this is if always it, ended up crying and, yeah you know. <laughs> exactly <laughs> i guess if everything went right this is what it would be like yeah it's a, it's a, um so you yeah, just, yeah I, I just went to songmeetings.com and i'm mm-hmm. trying to read people's awful takes but yeah (laughs) so and i guess having pink dream is the b-side it is kind of a uh you know he he definitely goes there with it you know so maybe uh mint car is about didn't we discuss about how like hot and horny he is on this yeah yeah or just in general (laughs) 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 it gets very sensual for for robert sometimes you know so i could see how you know this song could be that way instead of just a more uh innocent love but i don't know i guess yeah it's just that idea of mint car perfect new love yeah it's pretty straightforward however you want to take it whether it be sexual or just first stages of a relationship you know it's like whatever you know but so that's probably uh, 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 i mean i'm i'm so fizzy i could burst you wet through yeah head first feels so big it almost hurts (laughs) yeah yeah it definitely gets all right there bob all right there you're british let's Uh, we know we know Speaking of which, I had a quiz for you guys. Uh, he's actually used the word fizzy in at least three songs I could think of. Can you guys name oh, the God. other two fizzy? Cut, cut here. <laughs> cut here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dizzy, fizzy, dizzy. All those are in there. Is it? It's got to be something like on Japanese whispers or something, right? Uh, close. It's uh, a few hours after this into okay. the fizzy night. Uh, I would not have guessed that ever. Fizzy night. Go, look for you. Let's we can go outside into the fizzy night. I always thought it was busy, but it's fizzy night. Wow. Yeah. That's what I thought All too. Right. Busy. Yeah. So interesting. It's fizzy. Wow. Inter- is that an English thing or something? Is that something? <laughs> it wouldn't be a word I, I would think to use as often it, in songs, but it, it's that let's get happy kind of thing. Like we yeah. don't yeah. really get it, you know. I guess in 40 years of songwriting, only using it three times isn't really that much. <laughs> it's not like his go-to he word. He's like, I know I've already used fizzy twice. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, just like, I don't know. Yeah, this sounds good. Yeah, it's a, I'm, I'm due for I like fizzy. Threes, so <laughs> exactly. I should put it in another song. So. As far as covers of this song, like you were saying, there aren't that many. Um, no. So I always feel like it should be one because it is kind of the underrated pop gem, you know, give give friday yeah. i'm in love a rest and do this one instead um there was that band wild minds i found uh for one of the co- covers episodes i did yeah and then i went down the rabbit hole and found out the singer had like passed away i was like oh that's sad but it was a really good cover so, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good one. Oh, what was their name 
Didn't I put one on the one episode I did? I think so. Yeah, there's a few. Oh, the band was called Wild Minds, but Wild um, Minds. okay. But yeah, maybe you had referenced that one too. Um, that was kind of one of the only like studio full band ones I knew of. A lot of people do it like just kind of live YouTube yeah. recording, you know, or an acoustic thing or something on YouTube. But uh, eh, should be done more. People should. Yeah, it should. <laughs> Um, but I guess as far as live too, it's always fun to look up the stats and we got messaging about that too, where it was like technically only been played 135 times, um, which (laughs) actually is pretty good though for a wild mood swing song, (laughs) wild mood swing song. Um, most of those disappear real quick after the swing tour. Um, but that one hasn't been played too much since, uh, most recently was actually the show I was at in Charlotte on the 2016 tour where they they played all singles that night it was a very strange show where they (laughs) they knew the charlotte north carolina crowd just wanted to hear singles uh it was like is that a backhanded comment what's going on (laughs) but uh like that's where that guy lives he does the podcast let's just play singles yeah (laughs) but uh still cool it's really i mean it's pretty cool though i mean they played it the most in 96 which is 93 times yeah. So, which is understandable, but it kind of fell off the playlist until, let's see, about 2005, and then came up. Was only played seven times in 2016. Yeah. Um, I know I saw it once, and mm. seven times in 2017. So, you know, yeah. for as big as their catalog is, it's not it's not terrible. Yeah, yeah, say, so, and, and it definitely from '96. I would know. say "Want Jupiter Crash" and that are pretty much the top. Yeah, three wild mood swings ones, but it's not absurd, <laughs> I guess. I think it's that lead part as we start to get into the uh, <laughs> that you know it's not a guarantee that he'll be able to nail that solo and stuff. So I think that probably <laughs> keeps him from playing it a lot, you know. So. Uh, that was one of the weird, funny things with them on the swing tour was that apparently there was a bet with Roger and Robert. I believe it was Roger. It makes sense. <laughs> they had some kind of bet going that he couldn't play the solo without fucking it up. So when you watch pretty much any live performance of them on TV or anything, and he goes into that solo, he starts giggling a bit because there'll be a little flub here or there on the, on the solo, which... It's a little tricky, especially because it's not really his like kind of style of guitar playing either. You know, it's that's not the da 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 kind of thing. But it has a, it's a tough solo to pull off for sure. But um, but makes it sound cool. I like that it's always a little sloppy too. You know, so that's funny that he gets like it gets under his skin while he's playing it. Yeah, he just starts to laugh about it. Yeah, he just starts shaking his head and turns around when they're all like on Letterman or whatever, you know. So so yeah, apparently there was some kind of bet. I don't know what he had to do at the end of every night because he lost the bet or whatever. (laughs) I don't think they want to know. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Add that to the cure mystery pile there. But, uh, <laughs> um, it's one of the few, and speaking of Roger, where he plays a tambourine on it and nothing else. So uh, I think Boys Don't Cry might be the only other one. Um, but yeah, Roger probably isn't too crazy for this song. 
<laughs> he was made to play that tambourine. Yeah, he loves that tambourine. So, um, hey, I just go from one to two. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> hey, dude. What's up, bro? What do you think of me? I'm surprised I haven't run into more people. I've been trying to avoid. We got culture on the street. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just say, what do you think of Mint Car? They feel like what? 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 You know, the, you know, Mint Car. Mildly successful. <laughs> it's single from. You know uh, that term that the kids all use? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, Mint Car. This is where it came from. <laughs> awesome um the music video you guys uh fond of this one i've heard people be kind of uh go either way on the video too but i like it i think it's a cool video what do you guys uh, think? today was the first day i've ever seen it i really? i yeah. think what i initially saw was like a fan made one or somebody or a different version because i looked it up today and i had never seen yeah. it before and it, i mean assuming what i saw was it was the video yeah. that you saw like um like Super 8 footage, or was it like him and them all in costumes and different eras? And all stuff? in costumes. Was there two different versions? Yeah, I think there was like something people had pieced together, but the main one was the one where they're all like going throughout history in the costumes and stuff. Yeah, okay. and, That's so, the one I just saw today because before yeah. I thought it was one where it was like it was like just footage and it showed him, you know, they were playing live and he was wearing the hockey jersey and it was him and I think there was like an old lady or two and yeah, just super random. Yeah, I think that was something oh, they pieced together yeah, in another time. The video for Gone yeah. was kind of like that too, or they might have even. I mean, make, that could be what I'm thinking of. Use some yeah, of the same what I, footage. What I saw the day I'd never seen. Nah, that makes sense. Yeah, I felt like I'd heard that too and, and tracked down that video. But uh, but yeah, what'd you think of the yeah. uh, the the floating through history one? I think it's a pretty cool non Tim Pope one. It has like kind of that Tim Pope feel to it without it being an official Tim Pope video. So. Well, I don't know how you could not like the video it's just it's just the band kind of just fucking around yeah and playing dress you up know? you know how could you know <laughs> yeah. it's always fun to be able to see the members like the videos where yeah. it's like you can actually see who, who's in the band i mean we don't really see their instruments when i was first getting into playing like the guitar mm-hmm. also it was fun to see like what they were playing in that era and sometimes you could see their yeah. not just the guitar but like their pedal board and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can see robert dressed up as like an egyptian and yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever else. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess it's pretty it, rad. It goes through all the time periods: Egyptian, then like a '40s kind of thing, I think, and then a, a beatnik party, which I need to go back and listen to the episode. Chris White from Cure News and uh, Janie are in the video somewhere, though. I, I'm not sure. I hadn't oh, really? picked out which ones they were. <laughs> I think he's under the table. So in that scene, um, which is pretty rad, <laughs> and. Uh, and then, uh, where was the next one? Oh, then the samurai. They bust through some weird samurai scene. And then there's like a British Air Force kind of soldiers on a train. Then we get Hockey Bob for the bridge, which is one of my all-time favorite bridges for some reason in a song. It's a really cool just break in the song when it goes to that. Say it'll always be like this for some reason. It's super like obvious in a pop song kind of bridge, but it really works great. Um, yeah, you get a really good close-up of of Robert. In yeah, the it zooms in on the yeah Teen Beat chat there, like oh! <laughs> yeah. And then it ends with like Titanic Bob or whatever's going on. Where he's on like the the front of the boat. <laughs> I'm the king of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which uh, which might be the only other time since like Charlotte subtypes that there's been like other like female actors in a Cure video. I was trying to think. 
Be oh so yeah, you get that stupid question on the on the Facebook pages like, is this Mary in the car? Yeah, she's got to she's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nah, she probably just stayed home that day. Be involved in everything, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> totally, but yeah, I'm down with the video. I've heard people just you know think it's too goofy much like the song so it's probably like one of those deals or if you're just not down with the song of course you're not gonna like the video but uh so yeah yeah i i mean as as far as their videos go it's probably the most up to that point probably the most visually production wise video yeah as far as like all the sets i mean you could say fried him in love but it's uh i think this one's kind of bigger yeah and um yeah because you know you have the videos where they're just standing around playing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like love song where they're in that weird cave Yeah, yeah, yeah you know and uh but then you also have stuff like uh in between days with the day glow stuff so but this one's not going to be as popular, but I, I love this video. Like, I don't know how you could not like it. Yeah. So. Yeah, if anything, they could have just kind of wrangled the concept a little bit better and have it be more like specific time periods where there was a pattern. You know, it seems a little <laughs> just like, what? What's with the samurai thing where it jumps back to that? You know, like if it was yeah. like, I don't know if it goes like chronological through history or what, but uh, same time. Who cares? Like I said, it's just see Robert and playing dress up. It's fun, right? <laughs> it's kind of like the you would whole think song. so, but some people aren't happy <laughs> just, all just, the time. Yeah, so. exactly. Just like just relax. I watch Robert play dress up, but that's just me. Yeah, me too. Sign me up anytime. <laughs> Put glasses on him and stuff. That's like the best, you know. <laughs> so, all works out. But um, yeah, so I don't know. On top of that, I guess uh, just going into more like personal attachments or anything is there is there anything that you guys latch onto this song and as far as sentimental attachment or memories you associate with it oh well like i said earlier it's one that um like my friend and i had both played at a at our wedding so it's yeah. got that, that symbolism to it well, that's cool yeah 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 i yeah for sure yeah when i like what you said too Chaz, where it was like well you know there's only certain ones you can play with your kids my wife's kind of the same way my wife's not a friend like a fan of the depressing stuff so this is one you could have on yeah. i mean they, yeah they might probably take yeah. the points with it still but this is definitely one where you're like what do you think of this one and maybe like okay it's all right it's not as depressing as what you normally have yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's a car it's definitely like a it's got a um like gin blossoms kind of driving around singing along kind of feel to it you know yeah. where it's it's one that nobody's going to complain about when it comes on so they might not uh, even think it's a cure. I mean, my yeah. You know, I mean, certain people, other yeah. people might be like, oh, that was a you know good song, and they wouldn't even know it's cure. Yeah, I, I think with I think I just associate it most with my kids, um, and just having fun with them driving around in the car and that beautiful strawberry kiss part. You know the. Yeah, I think that's what I, that's what I love most about the song as I gotten older with it. So. Yeah. That's what I love about Wild Mood Swings was it was kind of like when it came out for me, it was like my first year of college and stuff. And it was like this was the kind of breaking free, you know, like even though I just like commuted to school still. But it was a good driving song and perfect for that, you know, like just kind of associate it with that time period of it. Like because the album came out in like that spring and stuff. And then like just having it on constantly that summer and going into the fall when I saw them live for this and it is just kind of wraps up that whole thing and i remember like 
just covering it constantly. Like we were playing it, you know, my brother and Donald and I were, we were just like in the basement and stuff. And it was like the first time, even though I was a kid still like dawned on me how high Robert sings, you know, <laughs> my brother would be playing the bass part. Awesome. You know, we're just nailed it. And I was just like, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just not my voice range. You know, it's just like, it's like, damn, he's just all over the place with this one too. So you have to modify it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of that kind of attachment. Uh huh. It, it's definitely got a, like a, a beach ball kind of feel live to it, you know, mm-hmm. where the beach balls go up and everybody starts smacking them around yeah. like they do during like, <laughs> you know, hot, hot, hot. I've seen that a couple of times yeah. uh, when I've seen them. Uh, I don't know how people bring beach balls in or why during yeah, just for that it. one song, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Deflate you know. it in their pocket and then they blow it up yeah, for that, you think? Or they, so. They're just know. holding yeah. it the whole night until that. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, it's about to start. Start blowing it up. Yeah. yeah um yeah but yeah it's it's got a good festival feel to it so um yeah i don't know i don't know why people don't like it so don't like it so yeah i guess it is just the attachment of wild mood swings which everybody seems to have their issues with one way or the other anyway um especially with their cure fandom you know where they were at when it came out or their feelings towards everything on it it just kind of gets lumped in with that um it definitely should have been a pop hit you know i mean i think he's saying the stars weren't aligned by any means but yeah if you boil it down to just to being a good pop song you know like you're saying it could any level cure fan or just music fan should have appreciated that. I could totally see that being all over the, you know, billboard charts, but, uh, yeah, if it would have come out in 2000, they could have been up there with smash mouth and, you know, all these other <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's poppy <laughs> bands, you know, I'm not making fun of them. I'm just no, saying that like yeah. that time period, they yeah. probably, if they, it would have come out in 2000 or even before on wish, it probably would have gotten more airplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but eh. mm. how do you feel it's about its place in the context of the album? Since we're not really looking at the full album, but it's like the way that Wild Mood Swings gets a lot of criticism for you know not flowing and stuff. Is it one do you feel like stands out? You know, even the way that Friday I'm in Love stood out a bit on Wish. Uh, do you think it fits? It's like it's sandwiched between Strange Attraction and Jupiter Crash, mm-hmm. which are two of the best, better songs on the album, I think. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, it, it's the album starts off great, takes a huge nosedive, and then comes right back up with these guys, but then goes right back down again and stays yeah. down until about the end of the album. So um, I think it's a perfect sister song to strange attraction yeah um but i don't like how it flows into jupiter crash yeah um but yeah yeah i think about like i'm putting a mixtape together they wouldn't be next to each other yeah but it doesn't feel weird and like uh it shouldn't be on there at all you know i guess it's just like no other ones on there yeah i think it even even though it doesn't really fit with like want or bear you know the ones other ones that i love on the album it still feels like you know we'll just make it work somehow you know it's like this one you gotta have on there but what do you think Coulter? does it stand out like listening back to it or anything in a bad way or, or no i don't you know i mean given some of the other tracks on the album i don't think it's necessarily like out of place or that it doesn't belong yeah. um that's kind of how the whole album is i think i right. think there could have been some changes that kind of helped the emotional 
I don't know, from, from piece to piece, they could have done it a little bit differently. But like, like Chad said, I think going from strange, was a strange attraction first into this one? Yeah. 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 yeah I think, I think that's good. Yeah. That's totally fine. But then going into Jupiter crash, that's kind of a 180 <laughs> of just the opposite <laughs> direction. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Especially when you don't have so where the album is, you know, kind of, there's not too many good songs on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you and you have three of them bunched together. You know, yeah. <laughs> you got to right. spread that thing. You got to spread that jelly out. True. You yeah. know, uh, you know, put it around the crusts and everything. So, uh, yeah, I just there's and it, like we said before, the album ends great, but uh, I think there's some B sides that could have been switched out um, that could have been complemented the song a lot better uh, mm-hmm. in the album as a whole. But uh, I would have liked to seen it maybe towards the end just to break up that monotony and like terrible songs, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I feel like it might get lost in there. So yeah, I remember in the many, like, it's just a joke at this point, the many, uh, tracking order redos that people do <laughs> of, of, of wild mood swings. Um, I did one where I tried to match it mood wise as much as possible to wish just because it was the closest, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and it has a little bit of everything. So like using B sides and whatever, I can't remember exactly what I did, but like I basically put it in the spot of where Friday I'm in love is on wish because that never really seems super weird. You know, I think it's like mm-hmm. it's track seven on wish. So, so yeah. was that like the first song on the second side, if it was a tape or something like that, maybe, or, you know, the record might be the first song. Um, so yeah, I think if it's something like that, where it's kind of the break in the middle where it brings it back up, you know, almost should have yeah. come after Jupiter crash, if anything, you know, something like that, where it brings it back up or something. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with a with a pop song, sad song, pop song. I'm fine with yeah. that. I'm just you know, I'm just not okay with like pop song and then sad song and then shit afterwards. <laughs> so. <Just> horrible song <laughs> and weird jazz song. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on on that album, but that's a a bigger conversation, so uh yeah. that we've had many times. Many times. <laughs> it's a, nobody's gonna solve that that debate, I don't think. Um <laughs> I think you know a lot of, I, we can say this about just about all the albums where like there are certain B sides that definitely should have been on the album, if not all the B sides mm-hmm. that you hear. And you had already mentioned home and that's one of my favorite yeah. songs. And I think that's one that should have made it um what's the what's the other two, I know, Pink, Pink uh, Dream. Pink Dream. That was just okay. And, I wouldn't put that on there, I don't think. And Waiting was the other one. I, I, I like Waiting. Cool. Yeah, I think all one. of them are arguably better than a lot of the songs on, you know, Wild Mood Swings. So I wouldn't have had any problem with swapping in some of those. Are those the only three? For the uh, whole? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Then you got the, the variation mixes of Mint Car. Okay. But, um, I don't know why. Sometimes I confuse Halo for this album. It might just be the fact that it's kind of more upbeat and yeah. happy. I don't know why i do that i think an interesting concept would be maybe like for you know if it was vinyl and you know, had a couple songs on each side but like a the wild mood swings were separated and it was like you had the happy and you had the angry and the sad and yeah 
would have not liked that. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could splice up this album. He even gets into it in that DEK article, which is funny of the, yeah. the fact that he even gets roped get into it. it. Yeah, it's just it like, is. Yeah, it's not, not going to solve the problem. It'll make yeah. it look different. It's just like rearranging the problem, but not. Yeah. People aren't going to be like, oh, I like it this way now. He just starts going down that road. Well, you could tell his brain starts wandering. He's like, that would have been cool if I had stuck with the acoustic <laughs> idea and then I saved the other songs. <laughs> Just like, oh god, god stop dude. the interview Very stop true. the interview <laughs> yeah exactly like, we're never what? gonna get the new album he's just yeah, gonna go back and redo, redo this that. fuck <laughs> for the uh yeah what would be the uh 30th anniversary anyway so he's got like what <laughs> five years to work on it now so. yeah. well this wasn't the era where this was this was still where you had like two years between each album now if it was like that you would just keep your mouth shut and say whatever you have yeah just put it out yeah, um, but yeah. I definitely agree with, like I said, when I first got into this album, I would only go, I would go Treasure and Bear, and that's pretty much mm. it. I would go to those last two, and I do like the idea of just having a more acoustic, yeah, mellow kind of album. Yeah, yeah, he gets into that where, and I kind of agree now. I haven't done the full two split mix like he was saying in that article of like, because that was the initial approach was to do it the acoustic kind of thing with bear and like numb even even though i don't like that song but like that approach with jupiter crash and like all the ones that are kind of more acoustic-y uh you could probably do like a ted song thing of that with some of those b-sides even you know and then yeah. save the the wild weird album with like gone and 13th and shit all for its own like kind of kooky weird album or ep or something would have been great mm-hmm. so but yeah that's like as I love, it's like everybody splits up the album different too, you know? It's like, oh God, you would have put that on there? <laughs> so, I don't know. But yeah, he is in favor of Mint Car still. He seems like he was down with it. Um, so yeah, there's a few he'll still stick up for on this record. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. We're talking, we're talking this, this track in specific. And I do think this should have probably been the first track with maybe Strange Attraction as, as the second, the 13th was. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like the song, but but I was like, if that's what you're putting out as a single yeah. for people who have certain expectations for the cure, I mean, that might have been what turned him off, maybe. Yeah, well, that's what he says in that too. Uh, is that um, you know, the idea of putting it out as the second single, he felt like a lot of people lost or set their expectations a lot lower for Wild Mood Swings because what Thirteenth was a little bit kooky and weird, yeah. you know. So yeah. they're just kind of like, eh that point and I already lost a lot of cure fans or just people in general, you know, after that single, because Steve Lyons in particular, I think was really lobbying to have this be the first single, um, which I think probably would have been better, but at the same time, I don't really know if it would have changed that much with the album as a whole, yeah. you know, it, I think it's hard to tell. And it almost seems like it's trying to cater to the fan base while also trying to cater to new fans. And it doesn't yeah. quite reach either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to what the what was it uh, craft theory said on Instagram, even, and that's kind of my complaint of the song too, is that I don't think it's. I think Friday I'm in Love is a little wittier with its lyrics, even though they're they're a little goofy with the, just going through the days of the weeks and shit, you know. But like, <laughs> I feel like the lyrics are a little weak on Nick Car as much as I love the song. Even it is just like you know. Yeah never got this good wouldn't think it would get, you know i mean it's just like what <laughs> it's like but i'm sure all three of us we probably all pretty much have fred i love memorized and this one uh, you know and i'm sure we've heard this one yeah. a number of times i don't think any of us could just i mean i'll so, speak for myself i don't think i could i could <laughs> say word for word these lyrics there are parts but not yeah the whole thing. yeah it's it, yeah, yeah I it's could kind probably of disposable. agree i just yeah i 
I don't know. There's like I said before, I don't I think it just has to do with the airplay of Friday in Love and all the covers. Yeah. Um compared to this one that I I prefer listening to this one more. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I I think I I do think it's a better song, but um I don't know about making it the first single. Yeah. Either. Uh, I still think Want should have been. The, yeah. yeah, totally. Because you don't want to come out blazing. Song. I don't know how long it is, though. Is that a longer track? Yeah. That one I mean, would have been like other, they know, could edit other it singles down. have been long. Yeah. They could edit yeah. it and radio edit. Yeah. Pictures, pictures of you. And it probably would have been like smarter a, because Want would yeah. have like kind of secured like the loyal Cure fans a bit more, too. Like, oh, yeah, they're That's still true. here, you know? And then. Then hit him up with the poppy gem once he got him back. They were it, already kind of yeah, there. They yeah. Got the <laughs> yeah. But that's that's kind of being insincere with True. like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna wrangle you in with this one song, even yeah. though nothing else on the album sounds like it. Yeah. And the rest of in the rest of it is like a completely different direction. Cause yeah, even wish though, like you know, they didn't come out blazing with with Friday, Friday in Love. That was the what, second single, you know. Yeah. So it was like what they, was the first? Uh, high. So it was oh, kind of, right. you know, like yeah, here's a cool, fun single. And then it was like, and we got this after that. Everybody <laughs> was like hooked. It was like, oh shit. <laughs> but but, uh, but then they had they had the ability to put out you know letter to release after that. Well, that yeah. was the third one, right? Yeah, yeah. What so should have was in my opinion should have been a better hit than. Friday it should have been love. the first single yeah. overall, but <laughs> totally, um, yeah. But you know, I could see. That might but be still, they had something to back it up with. This, there's nothing like. Yeah. There's, I mean, you could put one out and maybe like I don't know what would the third single on this album would be. And I know we're rehashing the old episode, but yeah, it's like i don't know strange attraction is a good song, but I don't think it's a single. Yeah, even gone. You know, it's like it's fun and i feel like mixed really well and everything but it's like that's so fucking weird single choice yeah. too you know it's just like what yeah. <laughs> so, we all love treasure but i don't think that's a single nah, yeah. You know. <laughs> so, oh, yeah it's man. a weird yeah. <laughs> pink dream i'm telling you <laughs> just one more rewrite of the lyrics and that would have been a hit <laughs> more songs about robert fucking yeah i think maybe <laughs> just tone down all the blowjob references and maybe uh <laughs> would have been a hit yeah yeah, yeah well <laughs> hindsight so when, I, when i first got into him it was a little bit before um 413 dream came out and i think I think the first single from that was uh, I'm forgetting the name. What's it's the second track uh, on the album? Only one. The only the only yeah. one. Only one. Yeah, and hearing yeah. those lyrics, kind of like yeah. am I interpreting this uh, yeah. correctly? No, <laughs> yeah, he's, exactly. he, uh, it's about getting a BJ. It's uh, <laughs> it's quite mad. I that's the song I I had my wife listen to, and she was like, "Yo, he's so dirty," and I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah." Like, <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, uh, album, even though it came out like right when I was getting into it, I'm like, I'm gonna start back here and maybe work my way over here. Yeah, <laughs> we should we should look over every lyric of every album to see how many like if there's a song about like blowjobs on each album. Yeah, so. <laughs> I would never. Tell, does it. I don't know which one of you guys said it, but like Nick Carr, I, I would never have like thought of it in a like. Losing your virginity aspect. It's going to be one of those sexual. things like with Donald yeah, and uh, I know, it's gonna it's t- the Deep Green Sea where now it's like, man, that's what it is now. Another song I can't listen to. Oh, you're going to think of, yeah. <laughs> so, 
man. But like I said, yeah. it's a very positive experience at least. So it's not like a prom night gone wrong or anything. I think it seems like everybody's happy and <laughs> happy with until their decision. That, and <laughs> yeah. In, until that clown pops out and yeah, uh, ruins a... the whole experience. Exactly. <laughs> As they tend to do, those clowns. Yes. <laughs> Cool. Well, I guess we'll start to wind down there, guys. Yeah. I think it's a, it made it onto the Greatest Hits album, whether uh, you know the Billboard charts agree or not. I think, Robert, still you know, confident that it belongs there. I agree. It should be in the top hits. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's uh, other songs on the album that shouldn't be on there, but you know that I think that one should be. The greatest Greatest is all relative, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, is, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys. I uh, hope it didn't keep you too late. And uh, I think we should all got a little bit of summer left. Maybe not by the time this comes out. but uh, I got lots of summer left. You're yeah. always in summer. <laughs> you're always in For summer. those who don't know, yeah, I'm in Phoenix. So. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> it's always summer, so you can just keep Mint Car on full rotation. There this, you go. Yeah, this is on repeat. All the different mixes you can listen to. <laughs> it, it's more of a dry heat song. Yeah. So you're, uh, you're good. Exactly. <laughs> cool deal well we'll sign off there and uh we'll uh take it easy and thanks out there for listening talk hard thanks chaz thanks colta Alright, there you go kids. Hope you enjoyed that closer look at the single from Wild Mood Swings Mint Car. Of course, a very big thank you to Coulter for uh, joining us. Always a pleasure talking with Coulter and uh, catching up with him. And of course, Chaz, thanks for joining me. And uh, we hope you enjoyed listening out there. But uh, we'd also like to thank our Patreon here at the end of the episode. Um, if you're interested in joining the Patreon crew, go on over to patreon.com slash the holy hour podcast and see if you want to be a part of the action. Much like Donna and Craig and Jeff Hilton, Jeff Cortland Jones, Suzanne, John, Ben, Allison, and Alan. And of course, as always, if you need some more Star Wars talk in your life, I got just the podcast for you. Our friend Scott Kruger co-hosts the best Star Wars podcast in the galaxy called the Sarlacc Digest. And you can catch them on YouTube live every Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, they hash out all the latest news, rumors, and line talk from everything Star Wars related. No matter what level Star Wars fan you are, they cover it all. So go over and check them out on Monday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, where you can also catch all their past episodes, as well as everywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, if you are up in Calgary and want to check out a cool bar... Lisa would like you to know that Dickens has reopened up. So you go on over to Dickens and uh, have yourself a drink. You can catch a show and um, all kinds of cool events going on. So be sure to check out Dickens. You can check them out at DickensYYC on Instagram. And also they're still doing their live streams if you want to stay home and dance in the comfort of your home. Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And on Sundays at 
9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Again, that's Dickens YYC, and that's on Twitch. And of course, if you want to do something useful with all that blood that you're not using, our friend Matt would like you to check out the Red Cross donor app, blood donor app that you can download, make it easy to find a place to download your blood, <laughs> download your blood, donate your blood and uh, help out, especially during the pandemic. There's a lot of blood shortages going on, so go check it out. The app is free, it's easy to navigate, it helps you schedule an appointment, and tells you where the blood actually even goes after you've donated it. So go check out that app. If you'd like an alternative to the Red Cross, I recommend checking out Team Rubicon and AmeriCares, or just contacting your local hospitals directly and see how you can help donate blood and save lives. And know what else saves lives? is CureThreads.com. It saves you from looking like a dingus. So go get yourself some beautiful Cure-related t-shirts by our buddy Kate over at her online shop at CureThreads.com. It's an amazing online store that offers a wide variety of products, including Cure-inspired artwork and designs created by Kate herself. So go do some online browsing over there. Maybe start getting some Christmas gift ideas going. It's uh, everything, even beyond t-shirts. You can get cure um, dresses and footwear. So all kinds of stuff. Go check it out, curethreads.com, as well as uh, check out some of the books that Kate has for sale over there that she uh, created all the illustrations for the children's books. And um, they're for sale and wonderful gifts for children and other people. And last but not least, I always recommend going on over to see Chaz's Cure-themed t-shirts as well. It's 17secondsshirts.bigcartel.com. Um, you can also just follow his Instagram at 17 underscore seconds and uh, see what his latest designs are up for pre-order. I'm um, not sure what's up right now, so there might be the calm before the storm, so it's a good time to go over there and follow him and uh, be on top of it and ready to pounce when he puts up a new t-shirt. So um, most of them are, once they're, they're gone, they're gone, so you got to act fast and keep your eyes peeled. You won't find these shirts anywhere else. 17secondsshirts.bigcartel.com. All right, I think that's about all I got to pedal and push at this point here. So, again, special thanks to all the Patreon crew. You guys are awesome and couldn't do this without you. I so greatly appreciate it. And, um, you know, on top of that, just subscribe on Apple and YouTube and Spotify and anywhere you could subscribe to keep following the podcast as you get the episodes as they come out. We're going to try to cram a few up in here in the next bit, so it might even get off of the two-week pattern again. So lots on the horizon, as always. Um, all the oldies are in the Apple feed again. In case you're wondering, we've, we've caught up in the last week or so. It's officially done. They're all together again. So if you want to hear some of those dreadful early episodes, they're there waiting for you. So you know, I recommend going back if, if you want to even... Uh, try to track down the, the old album ones. Uh, I'm going to try to make a playlist, I think, on YouTube of just the album episodes so people can listen them to those. I don't, I can't do that, unfortunately, on Apple or anything. But um, 
because you know they're just kind of scattered through them through them as they went. Um, but I'm gonna group them all together. If you're if you're a YouTube listener out there, um, keep an eyes peeled for that because I'm gonna put all the album ones there. If you want to revisit any of those, um, I should even re-listen to some of them. They've been forever. I don't remember what we said. <laughs> so so check that out on YouTube, Instagram. Follow us at the Holy Hour Podcast, and uh, be sure to follow that. That's where all immediate updates will be posted. And uh, on the Facebook page, the Holy Hour Podcast Facebook page, you can chime in at any time and uh, give us your two cents on Mint Car, or just email me at gavinconnor at gmail.com if you have any ideas or suggestions or comments about past or future episodes. Always love to hear from you. And on that note, I will finally wrap up and let you go. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back very soon with another wonderful episode. We got a special Arusha Takes Over episode coming that you're going to love. She talks to some diehard Care fans, and it is amazing. So I'm very excited to get that out to you, hopefully next episode. So till then, talk hard, take care. Take care.